episode 844 with Ahmad Brooks still at large. The Green Bay Packers are suffering from a lack of depth at the outside linebacker position. We addressed the situation with Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about Packers preseason finale against the Los Angeles Rams coming up. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. Nathan, welcome back. Good morning. Happy to be on again. How are you doing? Very good. We're glad to have you on the show. Uh, Nathan, uh, I think a lot of Packers fans are waiting on pins and needles about news about Ahmad Brooks. So my question to you, can we learn anything from his performance in the first two preseason games this season with the 49ers? Or if not, Nathan, how about last season? Yeah, I wouldn't take too much away from how he did so far this preseason. In the first game, he only played with the starters in the first half of the first quarter, so not very much at all. Uh, second game, it was against backups. Uh, in the second quarter, he was just in with the nickel defense, and then into the third quarter as well with both the nickel and base. So uh, the 49ers were just transitioning from a 3-4 to a 4-3 and liked Eli Harold and, as their Sam linebacker better and better pass rushers. So... Uh, looking more into how he's done in recent seasons, I think he can still make some plays in the run game, which is definitely big. Um, he gets a little too many penalties and too many missed tackles for an outside linebacker and doesn't get as much pressure as he used to do earlier in his career, but he's still able to do a good job in the run game. So I think he'd be a fine fit for the Packers' base defense on early downs if Perry or Matthews were to at any point in the season miss some time. We'll see what happens. We'll have more on Ahmad Brooks later in the show. But Nathan, continuing to look at the outside linebackers currently on the Packers roster, Kyler Fackrell has gotten some scrutiny for not making a big enough jump in his second season here. How has his preseason gone thus far? Uh, sure. He's only played in 61 snaps so far over the three games. Um, in that time, he's gotten three pressures, uh, two of them coming in this last game against the Broncos. So, uh, you'd like to see him get pressure a little bit more frequently than that. Um, ideally, get a sack somewhere in there. But I do think last year he was impressive on his limited opportunities, especially early last season. So I, this year I'd like to see him get some more opportunities in the dime package since I trust what he did uh, last season a little bit more than what he's done in limited time so far this preseason. Yeah, I remember talking with you last season and how he started off the season so well and seemed to fade a little bit, but I do understand injuries played into that a little bit. Um, also, Nathan, I know Reggie Gilbert leads the Packers in sacks this preseason, but can we go beyond just the surface-level statistics and look at his all-around performance this preseason so far? Sure. He's been the Packers' uh, best pass rusher so far this preseason, not just with the sacks, but just consistently getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, he has the second-most quarterback hits on the team with two, uh, by far the most hurries with seven. So 
Um, along with that in the run game, he's had two run stops on just, I think, 20 run snaps. So uh, he's played roughly the same number of plays he did last preseason and making a lot more positive plays and fewer negative plays. So uh, definitely been very impressive this preseason. So if the Packers don't sign Brooks, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him make the 53-man roster. Yeah, I think he has an outside chance at doing it. We'll see what happens. But Nathan, uh, turning to the offensive side of the football, how did Kyle Murphy do starting in place of Brian Balaga in Denver this past Saturday? I thought overall he had an impressive game. Uh, He played in 60 of the 71 snaps, which is abnormal for an offensive lineman to get so much time in a preseason game. But I think that just shows how much of a hold he has on the backup right tackle position. Um, He allowed two pressures, which isn't bad against a team known for their pass rushing and uh, with how much playing time he got. So uh, above average performance in pass protection. And then in the run game, um, if you just watch his worst plays, you would think that he had a bad game. Uh, There were a couple of times where the guy that he was blocking ended up making a tackle for a short gain. But he did have more uh, good run blocks in the game than he did bad run blocks, which is impressive for a tackle overall. So um, a lot of times where he just did a good job of sealing off his guy on the inside. So um, I don't want to overreact to one performance, but I think there's certainly a chance that Murphy could be the Packers' best backup lineman this season. Yeah, I, I think he's trending in the right direction, and I do wonder if he'd also be the backup right guard in addition to right tackle. Um, but elsewhere on the roster, Nathan, I thought Trevor Davis really stepped up as a receiver against the Broncos. Of course, he also had the nice punt return, but how did he grade out? I This was probably his most impressive performance as a Packer in the regular preseason that we've seen him so far. Um, after not doing too much these first two preseason games, he did grade out nicely against Denver, uh, did some nice things after the catch, which we really haven't seen too much out of him in the past two years. Um, It was the first time in a regular or preseason game that a defender's missed a tackle on him. Um, It was just a three-catch, 39-yard performance, so not overly impressive, just a couple nice plays. But it's not like the Packers' other receivers have been overly impressive yet this preseason, so it was definitely definitely a noteworthy performance. Yeah, step in the right direction, if nothing else. Uh, Nathan, I was also impressed with rookie running back Aaron Jones in the third preseason game. How did he do compared to the Packers' other running backs? Sure, I'd say he also had a good game in this one. All preseason long, his opportunities have been a little limited, just 11 carries so far with six of them coming against Denver. But he did have that highlight 28-yard run, uh, made some nice moves on that play to get a first down. Um, I'm not sure how much we'd be talking about him if it wasn't for that one run, but uh, he did have another two runs where he made defenders miss tackles on him. Uh, One was called back due to penalty. But uh, definitely had a nice performance on his limited opportunities. Uh, he did have the second most yards after contact for any running back in the league this past week. So uh, definitely noteworthy there. But uh, for me to get too excited about him, I would have wanted to see a little bit more consistency over all three preseason games rather than just shining in this last one. I'm excited to see what he can do in the final preseason game, and hopefully he'll get a little more work there and we can answer that question a little bit. Uh, Nathan, a bit of an open-ended question for you. Could you give me an under-the-radar player, uh, a non-starter on the Packers that's really stood out this preseason, maybe somebody we haven't talked about yet? Sure. Uh, The guy that I would talk about first was Marwin Evans, who we talked about last week. So if you didn't listen in last week, go ahead and listen to that episode as well. But 
he had two breakups this past week to add to his resume. But uh, the guy that I will go with that we haven't talked about, uh, Christian Ringo, uh, he's had a four combined sacks and hits so far this preseason, which is the most of any interior lineman in the league. Um, he has another three hurries to go along with that, so his seven pressures is tied for second most in the league. Um, two run stops as well. So I know the Packers, uh, Lowry and Clark, are destined to have a bigger role this year. They added Ricky Jean-Francois in free agency, drafted Adams, which made it look like Ringo was on the outside looking in on a roster spot. But I think he's definitely done it enough this preseason the limited time we saw from him last season to at least get some rotational snaps among the defensive linemen yeah considering that Montrevious Adams is likely to start the season on injured reserve uh that could be a spot uh opened up for Christian Ringo and I think he had the forced fumble the last game too which is really good mm-hmm. um finally here Nathan is is there any player or matchups we should watch in the final preseason game against the Rams tomorrow Sure. Um, I'm assuming the starters aren't going to play, which is typical for the last preseason game. So I would say the most interesting battle would be the Rams backup wide receivers against the Packers backup cornerbacks. Uh, The Rams in recent years have spent a lot of draft picks getting wide receivers. So among their backups, they have some uh, decently high draft picks. Uh, Fourth round rookie Josh Reynolds, uh, 2016 fourth round pick Farrell Cooper. Uh, Both have seen a lot of time and both have played well so far this preseason. Uh, Cooper is one of the few wide receivers to hit 100 yards over the preseason games. Uh, Reynolds has a touchdown in each of the last two weeks, so I think their backup receivers have been impressive, and I think the Packers' backup cornerbacks have been impressive so far this preseason. Uh, guys like Josh Hawkins, uh, Lemsey Pipkins, uh, they've played well. A number of other players have played either average or above average so far this preseason, so I would say the most interesting matchup is watching the Rams receivers against the Packers' cornerbacks. Very cool. Something to watch for on Thursday evening. Nathan, thanks so much for helping us preview the game here. Uh, Glad to talk about it with you and uh, looking forward to talking to you next week when we will know the final roster and we'll get ready for the regular season opener. Sounds good. Talk to you next Wednesday. All right. Take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning as he typically does and will every week this season, uh, except for maybe the bye week. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as well as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it, I wish I had more to share regarding Ahmad Brooks. All I can say definitively at this point is that Brooks had his workout in Green Bay on Tuesday, something first reported by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. As of 8.30 a.m. Central Time today when the show started, I don't know if he's still in Green Bay. I don't know if he plans on signing with the Packers. I don't know if he plans on visiting other teams. I have a feeling it won't be very long until at least a couple of those questions are answered. But as of right now, I cannot answer them. And nowhere have I seen anybody else answer them definitively yet either. Unless, like I said, it it just came out since the start of the show. And sometimes news can get out awful quick. So uh, stay tuned to your social media feeds as we may find out sooner or later what happens with Ahmad Brooks. 
as a player, I, I think Brooks could provide a Mike Neal type of impact on this team. And yeah, that's maybe not a double-digit kind of impact, uh, but but teams need role players, and Brooks is experienced. He's a former Pro Bowl player that has played in a Super Bowl. I, I imagine it would probably be a one-year deal if and when it does happen, but for a 33-year-old player, that seems to make sense for the Packers. You know, outside linebacker will probably continue to be a priority for the Packers again next season if Brooks is only around for one year. Uh, but the Packers will have to deal with that then. Uh, they may have to, if they don't sign Brooks, they may have to grab somebody else who's cut from another team. They could get, stick with a guy like Reggie Gilbert. We'll see what they feel comfortable uh, doing here uh, in the next days. Uh, even hours or minutes here, as I'm sure at some point we're going to find out what Brooks is doing. But speaking of outside linebackers, though, and, and discussing that position a little more in general rather than just specifically about one player, the Packers were down to just four of them fully healthy at Tuesday's final training camp practice which is no doubt a concern heading into the final preseason game on Thursday. And all four of those players who were healthy figured to get a lot of playing time against the Rams. We learned the fallout from Saturday's preseason game in Denver was that Clay Matthews dropped out of the game with groin tightness. That's according to Rob Domofsky of ESPN.com as I think people were reading the tea leaves and kind of learned from Mike McCarthy and a couple other sources that Matthews did suffer some sort of injury in that game or aggravated an injury or wanted to prevent a further injury from happening. And they were kind of being coy about what that was specifically until it was reported on Tuesday what was going on. Um, it, you know, Matthews dropped out uh, with groin tightness um, in Saturday's preseason game. I think it's more of a precautionary move than anything. Uh, but but it's just one more injury on top of several others at the position, including now we have Nick Perry's ankle, J. Rowan Elliott's back, and Vince Beagle's foot, none of whom practiced Tuesday, uh, despite hope that Beagle would make his debut in the preseason finale that's looking more and more unlikely. If that was going to happen, I assumed he would have taken part in Tuesday's practice. So it's looking more and more likely that he's going to start the season on the regular season pup list, which is different from the preseason pup list. Um, nothing official yet, but it's just trending in that direction. Um, back to Matthews, for what it's worth, Mike McCarthy said he had no, quote, long-term concern, end quote, with Matthew's injury. Uh, but that being said, I don't anticipate him playing in the preseason finale either, leaving the four players to man the position as Kyler Fackrell, Reggie Gilbert, Jonathan Calvin, and Josh Latuli sanoa uh, cross your fingers that don't don't, the Packers don't suffer any more in-game injuries at that position because they can't really afford them at this point. Those four players are pretty much going to have to go, go, the, go the distance in Thursday's game. 
But I mean, that's that's good news for guys that you know don't get a ton or won't get a ton of regular season playing time as it is. This is going to be the best thing for their development, getting out there, getting the experience, and learning from it. Even if they don't make the Packers roster, a couple of them could be candidates for the practice squad, if nothing else. And who knows, maybe candidates for the regular season roster down the road. Uh, I assume Kyler Fackrell will make it. Uh, and even he could use the work, obviously, as we talked about earlier in the show about him. Uh, but that's the situation at outside linebacker, maybe the most interesting situation of any position at the current moment on the Green Bay Packers roster. The good news on Tuesday was that two defensive starters returned to practice in the final training camp practice, those being cornerback Devon House and defensive lineman Dean Lowry. Whether that means they'll play in the last preseason game remains to be seen. I tend to think they might play, at least briefly, maybe one series, something like that. Uh, I think that's especially important for someone like Devon House, who has yet to play in a preseason game this year and uh, has missed the majority of training camp after suffering a hamstring injury. In fact, I it, it really reminds me of a few years ago. I wish I could remember what year this was off the top of my head. I believe Tremont Williams missed all of the preseason with the Green Bay Packers, ex- missed the first three preseason games, returned from injury in time for the preseason finale, and he was like on the field for two plays before getting an interception. And you're like, yep, that's that's good enough work for Tremont Williams. Hopefully, we're looking at a similar type of situation here with Devon House. If he could be on the field for two plays, get an interception, and that ends his night, uh, that would be fine by me. I, I think it's just good to, again, knock the rust off, something along those lines. But, you know, he hasn't been out there with the Packers' defense at all in a game environment in, in 2017, I'm talking about. And I think that would be a good thing in advance of a regular season game to just get out there um, and, and and you know be out there and learn what it's like to be in the huddle and, and communicate with his teammates and and just play a little bit and, and show that he's back and and you know can get out there a little bit that that would be nice and and basically the same situation for Dean Lowry I don't want them to push it if they don't have to with Dean Lowry who suffered the knee injury in the second preseason game held him out of the third. If he returns, fine. If not, no big deal. The biggest thing, the most important thing, is that he's healthy in time for the start of the regular season. But that's you know almost looking like a foregone conclusion at this point, considering he already returned to practice. Uh, if he gets some time in the in the last preseason game, if not, uh, you know, uh, no big deal as well. But um, if if he's healthy enough to return to practice, it would be nice to see him be out there for a series or two. And again, uh, just get back in the groove of things, if nothing else. Um, Finally, the Packers started trimming their roster, releasing three players, I believe, on Monday, the most notable of which was long snapper Derek Hart, which all but ensured Brett Goode will make the 53-man roster. And even though Hart was healthy, that's not necessarily a bad thing that they cut him already. 
The two long snappers had been splitting playing time, but seeing as Goud was signed midway through training camp, it you know his playing time in the entire preseason finale could be viewed as a good thing. Uh, that might help knock off any rust for him, and uh, you know get him used to playing an entire game, which he'll have to do in the regular season. Obviously, he's a veteran, and it's not the most important thing in the world. Uh, but it, you know, it gives Derek Hart a chance to latch on somewhere else. We saw, uh, this week, actually a couple trades made for long snappers across the NFL, which was atypical. You don't often see that happening with a long snapper, but obviously they're not giving up prime draft picks or anything like that for a player. Um, but, uh, some shifting throughout the NFL, uh, I've even seen some former Packers long snappers like Tabor Pepper got signed. I forget where, uh, but uh, and, and then the guy the Packers had last year is now the Philadelphia Eagles starting long snapper as well. So uh, some interesting shifting at that position there uh, in the NFL. The other two players that the Packers released were running back William Stanback and wide receiver Colby Pearson both of whom who have been dealing with injuries and probably weren't going to play in the final preseason game anyway. So by releasing them now, the Packers are giving them a few extra days to plan for their future, try to latch on somewhere else. I doubt they're going to at this point, um, but uh, all three players I've seen that the Packers released have now passed through waivers for what it's worth. Uh, so nobody will be inheriting their contracts that they signed with the Packers, although they are now free to sign anywhere else if they so choose uh, and if anybody chooses to sign them. So that's what's going on with the Packers right now, and that probably leads us into our next segment. The day ahead. All right, the Packers hold a closed-door practice on Wednesday, typical before any game they play. So training camp has officially come to a close. I'm sorry, uh, but anyone who wants to see the Packers practice is now going to have to wait until 2018 to see them practice again. Uh, And that does bring a tear to your eye a little bit. I know training camp is such a beloved thing in Green Bay that it's it's sad to see it come to a close. Uh, But, Uh, If that's sad, I do have some good news to share for Packers fans nationwide. In addition to consuming Thursday's preseason finale against the Los Angeles Rams in the usual ways, such as the Packers TV network, uh, which can be seen regionally, or their radio network, which can be heard regionally, or with a subscription to NFL Game Pass uh, that you can stream online, For the first and only time this preseason, Thursday's game will be televised nationally on the NFL Network uh, with a simulcast of a local television broadcast. So that's a good thing. Packers fans I know nationwide who who don't live within the geographic footprint that you can get on the -the over-the-air waves and things like that have not been able to see the Packers live this preseason. They maybe have been able to watch the the replays on NFL Network or something like that. 
uh, but for the first time, uh, they can see it live on NFL Network, and, and that's a good thing because the NFL Network had a lot of preseason games to choose from, and, and they could have gone with any of them, that, but they decided to go with the Packers because, you know, whereas other weeks of the preseason, you know, all the games are spread across basically the entire week, anywhere from Wednesday through Monday, uh, there's games going on. But the final preseason week, they play them all on the same day, all on Thursday, to make basically things as equal as possible for all teams across the NFL and give them all the same amount of time to trim down the rosters and get ready for the start of the regular season, just trying to keep things on an even playing. So there will basically be an early game on Thursday, which will be Packers versus Rams, and then a late game, I'm not sure what the NFL's airing there, but I know you can probably watch one on the West Coast or whatever. And uh, so that's going to be available uh, to fans nationwide or even internationally if you can get the NFL Network. Yeah, it's going to cost you the uh, a cable subscription or satellite subscription, uh, or I suppose you could go to a bar and watch it for free <laughs> if you wanted to do that. Uh, but good news, nationwide coverage of the Green Bay Packers fans is I know there's lots of people who live outside the Wisconsin footprint uh, listening to the show. And, and there you go. There's a way to watch your Green Bay Packers on Thursday. Uh, but yeah, uh, remember that the game kicks off at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time little earlier than usual. I think people get used to night games happening around 7 or 7.30 if it's like a Sunday night or a Monday night game. This one's a little bit earlier, so just be aware of that. If you're going to the game in person and going to park in the Lambeau Field parking lot, going to open a little bit earlier there, stadium opening an hour earlier than you may be used to. Uh, but there you go. Looking forward to Thursday's final preseason game against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, excited to see a lot of the backups get a lot of playing time. You're not going to see a lot of starters. You may be seeing some of them for a short amount of time, uh, but the others just going to be sitting on the bench and watching these guys fighting for the final roster spots get their chance. I mean, this is this is huge for guys like Reggie Gilbert, like Lindsey Pipkins, uh, those kind of guys who are fighting for roster spots. Um, who who may or may not make it. I'm not sure, and it could depend on injury situations to other players, whether they make it or not. But those are the type of guys to watch in this third preseason game. Uh, but yeah, by the time we come back for the next episode of Railbird Central, um, in which we've already got a guest lined up, we'll be talking to Thane Getz of Pack to the Future in Friday's episode uh, of Railbird Central. Uh, in that episode, we'll, of course, recap Thursday's final preseason game. But I'll also be making my final 53-man roster predictions, uh, which will become official on on Saturday as the Packers have to set the roster. So basically, they have Thursday's game. they got to basically have one day to analyze and and uh, figure things out, and by Saturday it has to become official. So anyway, we'll talk more about that then, as it's usually one of the most anticipated episodes of the entire season that usually gets the biggest listenership and things like that as people try themselves to figure out what the Packers are going to do. So that'll be exciting on Friday, just two more days from now. 
Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Thank you to Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com for being our guest today and every Wednesday uh, during the season as he joins us. We'll see you later, folks. As I said, we'll see you just two more days from now. I leave you today with a song called Freaker by the Speaker by Keller Williams on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go Pack Go. Don't